Hello, everybody. This is Tony Waller, and you're listening to episode 341 of the Wait and Sense Last Saturday podcast. I'm all by myself today. Scott and Will are off doing bigger and more important things than talking to y'all or me or however you want to look at that. Uh, that's right, I'm by myself. Actually, Will is knee deep and trying to get a book published, and Scott is off doing uh, Scott video things, including some pretty interesting stuff that he did. I got to see last week for ESP and their Big Hearts Gala. Um, so uh, there's no just <laughs> there's no coincidence, right? Today I'm doing uh, a show because um, Todd Munking is leaving the University of Georgia football program to go be offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, if you paid any attention to um, at least what people say about his career, this should not come as a surprise. Um, Todd Munkin is at best an ambivalent recruiter, or was at best an ambivalent recruiter. Uh, and part of the reason we were able to be in that situation is that he had Mike Bobo uh, and some other guys that were able to allow him to recruit or allow Georgia to recruit so heavily and so well. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, why would he go to the NFL? He just won two national championships. Guys, it's a lot easier job. Being an NFL offensive coordinator is a lot easier job. Yeah, it's, it's harder in that you have to deal with professionals. Uh, the players have more power than they do in college. Um, frankly, the players are given a lot more authority in, 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 in NFL than they are in college. Uh, but you also get to work with them day in and day out. You get to work with them a lot more. You get to, you get to do some neat things. And on top of that, you legit get a break after some time uh, you know, of the season. It's not a day in day grind. It's not three sixty five day, three hundred sixty five days a year job. If if you want a lot deeper treatment, better treatment on that, I would highly encourage you to listen to some of the split zone duo as they talk about college coaches versus NFL coaches. It's uh, this is a great step for Todd Munkin. I frankly don't know if he ever wants to be a college. I'm sorry, a high school. Nope, still got that wrong. A head football coach again. Uh, he showed he could do it uh, at, at um, Southern Miss. Um, I think he likes, frankly, I think he likes drawing up plays in the dirt and seeing them work. He, I think he really enjoys that. Uh, and anybody mad at him leaving, uh, I'm sorry, you missed the two best years of, of Georgia football, uh, back-to-back years of Georgia football we've ever had, uh, and certainly in my 54 years on God's green earth. I think it's great for him. I think we want to go see him succeed in the NFL uh, because uh, there are guys that will look at that for the next couple of years, players that will look at that for the next couple of years and think, okay, I still want a piece of that. I want some of that. Um, as a as an overall football fan, it's going to be really fun because Todd Munkin is a delight and a joy when you put a microphone in front of him. So he'll get to, he'll get to talk a lot more on top of that. So I know some of you are worried. And I'll get to... Um, I'll get to some of the Bobo specific things in a minute, but first off, we understand change can be disruptive. Um, you know, we're losing our, our starting quarterback, we're losing a, a running back. Uh, it always feels like the offensive line is turning over in some shape, form, or fashion. Change can be disruptive, uh, and I'll talk about one of the things I ameliorate that in a minute. But it sounds like the same terminology sticking around. The second thing is, is Todd Munkin bought a gravitas and authority that basically kept Coach Smart at arm's length. Make no mistake about it when I say this. Kirby Smart is the head football coach at the University of Georgia football program. 
And while I make jokes about Kirby sitting back and saying, go do some of that offense shit, there is a level of truth to that in that Kirby certainly trusted in the relationship he and Todd Munkin had, trusted Todd Munkin to go do offense shit and trusted him to score points uh, and gave him basically a mandate and said, go do that. Now, there were probably times we certainly saw where Kirby said, let's, uh, let's grind things a little bit. Let's, let's change up our philosophy. So if you want to really be be concerned, um, it really depends on how much Kirby listens to and allows Mike Bobo to be autonomous in running the offense in particular. And I'm not talking about big picture offense. I'm talking about philosophy of how he plays, when he plays, when he's when he opens up, uh, or if he's going to have a little tighter hand in that and, and be on the, the headset more in trying to influence plays or, or, or thoughts. Um, Kirby definitely let Todd Munkin do that, uh, especially the past two years, with a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator. If you want to be concerned, that's where you're concerned about. Um, you know, but So let's, let's talk about why I'm not worried. First off, Bobo's record, uh, particularly in points per game, when he has tools and is allowed to do his thing, I've never been a Bobo hater. I think, you know, run the damn ball Bobo is funny on some level. But on the other hand, um, I think there is a level of Bobo gets a, a bad rap and people continue to get a bad rap just because people have to blame someone. And, um, he, you know, he, he talks funny and he's, he wears his hat low and he's got, a, got all the children or whatever. But when he has tools to play with, when he is given reign, he did really well. I mean, look back at, you know, Georgia's offense in 2012 and 13, uh, or 13 and 14, we're scoring 35 to 40 points a game. Uh, that is, uh, and this is in a time where the offenses were different. I mean, you're talking about 10 years ago. Um, so especially with uh, t- tight ends out of power sets. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. I mean, you know, Jeb Blazevich is still, uh, Arthur Lynch is still a name we think of. Um, because, and Orson Charles, because those guys were able to step up and, 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 and have substantial plays out of the traditional tight end set. And, and look and see what the split ends and other wide receivers did in that, those passing offenses. Um, frankly, for that matter, think about Aaron Murray and Matthew Stafford. I mean, those were, guys were direct products of Mike Bobo's offense and offensive tutelage. Uh, for that matter, you know, Harry Murray uh, immediately pinged Mike Bobo. If, um, if you saw that, someone sent me a screenshot of it today, immediately pinged Mike Bobo, asking if he needed a quarterback coach. Um, and frankly, I think keeping the, the, it's the same tip terminology is a massive deal so big uh, because you don't have to change up the offense at all i uh, keep the same playbook for that matter if you want to now i certainly think you'll see some mike bobo touches on it uh, everybody's like well what about you know running when he, what he did at um, auburn or what he did in south carolina that's, that's kind of a product of your head coach um, i'll just leave that there i am um, I will say something that uh, somebody texted me today that i've been sa- apparently saying for for five years now is that I think Kirby Smart has been given and should be trusted in making this decision. He wants to win football games. And for that matter, in Kirby, I trust. I think that is probably the best way to think about it right now. And that, that's not a cop-out. That's not a way of looking at it. I, I, certainly think, um, I certainly think the Bobo hire makes a ton of sense, uh, particularly for somebody that really likes the continuity, the sake of continuity. And, and my guess is it's like you know, they're – you know, all good leaders have succession plans. And whether 
somebody texted me asked if Buster Faulkner was part of that succession plan and it got messed up. I don't even honestly don't know. But if he thought that Buster Faulkner was going to be a better offensive coordinator, you better believe he would have called Buster Faulkner and said, I need you back in Athens before he gave Mike Bobo the opportunity. You need to put out of your head that, yeah, but he, they're buddies, they're buddies. Um, Kirby Smart understands his job well enough to know that how big of buddies they are is kind of irrelevant at this point because he's seen what happens, right? He has seen what happens. And he understands how this is done. He understands how the game is played. Uh, and if he thinks Mike Bobo is the best candidate for this job, I trust him in that. I can be proven wrong, right? I, I, I don't deny that I can be proven wrong. Uh, but between the quarterback development, especially with the new quarterback stepping in, regardless, uh, and keeping the same terminology, it, it feels safe. Um, and I don't mean safe in a, like, do no harm. I, I feel safe in that it is a smart decision that is thought out and born out and not a panic decision. I, I trust Kirby Smart to figure out exactly uh, what it is his program needs and, and use use the tools um, use the tools as they are given to him in a way that allows him to succeed. So that's that's kind of where I am on on the Bobo thing of Todd Muck and I wish him the best of luck. Like I said, it's good for George football if he goes off and is successful. Um, a couple other things going on. Um, one of the things I want to think about, I want us to think about, is um, it, it's interesting to me. Someone asked me over the weekend. Actually, Wayne asked me over the weekend about uh, is it crazy that Thomas Brown is the probably going to end up being the most successful coach out of the Mark Rick coaching tree? Um, in case you haven't been paying attention, Thomas Brown has been the the offensive coordinator darling besides Todd Munkin this uh, season. He's going to interview for the Tampa offensive coordinator position that Todd Munkin didn't get. Um, or didn't take, I guess maybe it might be a better way of thinking about it. Uh, he is also interviewing for the Carolina offensive coordinator position, allegedly. And uh, he's already lost out to Brian Schottenheimer. We're talking about a full circle moment. By the way, Dallas, what are you doing? What are you doing, Dallas? Um, anyway, that's, uh, that's enough about you know having a name and being able to succeed uh, despite what – this is despite whatever it is you bring to the table. Uh, you start your own joke here about Brian Schottenheimer being the coach of the Cowboys, uh, offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. And then Keller Moore, uh, as a no surprise, uh, was hired mm-hmm. instead of him as the head coach for the, the I'm sorry, offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Um, so, you know, I, the, the a couple of other thoughts about that. Brian McClendon obviously still could end up being a head coach. A couple other guys are still out there, but it's just interesting. Thomas Brown may well be the, the most successful guy in the – I coming off the Mark Richt tree. Um, I do also want to talk for a minute about basketball. I got to go to the Kentucky game. I I, I love how hard this team plays. I like everyone's like, well, Kentucky's down. Well, Kentucky's down, but they still have a bunch of five star athletes. Uh, they're still coached by uh, a generational coach. Uh, and regardless of how he has been able to or not been able to get them to come together as a team, and I'm talking about Kentucky here, they are still a good basketball team. I just they're fun to watch. Uh, is hoops is fun to watch a segment again. Uh, you know, this is still not a tournament team. We're still, I think, at least a year away from that. Uh, this team has zero quad one wins. I mean, Kentucky was not a quad one win. They're not in the top 30. Uh, you have to have a top 30 win uh, in, in net or RPI, or net, I guess, is, is what they use now. Um, you have to have the top 30 at home win or top 50, whatever it is, and Kentucky is not quite within that. Um, and the wins look thin moving down. There's there's six games left. 
including on the road at number one, Alabama. This should be Georgia should be favored really close uh, in in three of those last six games. At fifteen and ten, you like the the you like that Georgia's going into the SEC tournament with really no chance of finishing below five hundred, which is a stunning turnaround from last year's team. Who uh, just to pull out uh, some data here. One of 17 in the SEC, six of 26 on the season. Uh, and this year they are already five and seven in the SEC and 15 and 10. Uh, and stand a chance of, so I have to upset some people, but stand a chance of finishing uh, 500 or better in the SEC, which would be the first time in quite a while to do that. Um, you know, I, I, I love watching. I love watching competent college basketball, and we have that in Athens again. Um, put aside whatever Florida fans are saying about Mike White. By the way, Florida's record's worse than Georgia's despite the win. If you really want to get after Florida, they will be in the segment here in a couple of weeks, and I think we should make it loud in a way that will make it uncomfortable for that team. Also, women's team is a, is a tournament team. Uh, they're playing up and down right now. They went through a, a little bit of a dysphoria, down, a down, spell, down spell there for a minute. Um, which was scary uh, because this team had looked like they were on the upswing through the better part of uh, December going into early January. They seemed to have righted themselves a little bit. Uh, they beat the fool out of a fine or a little less than fine Florida team this past weekend. Um, as we get into spring sports, uh, hopefully we'll be able to be together a little more. Like I said, Bill's, uh, Will is busy working on his book. Uh, by the way, the book's called The Time Has Come. You can order it at all your fine booksellers. Or Amazon. Uh, the same goes with you can check out Scott's work at Jawabi Films on Instagram and some of his other places. Um, I'm still in the middle of my Twitter fast. I um, really want to focus on some other things. Um, some reading things have come up there. I'm just trying to do a little study and a little self improvement. Find out find out where I belong in the world. Uh, nothing bad's happening. It's just uh, it's just time to focus on some other things. Do some things that uh, require my attention in other places. But I do hope we're able to get together a little bit as we get into uh, SEC tournament season. I'm not saying it's going to be another month before we talk, uh, although I am traveling a bunch of the next couple of weeks, as is Will. So we will try to get back together uh, as soon as possible. I miss talking to the guys. Uh, As fun as as it is to to do this by myself, uh, it's not really terribly fun, but I I don't mind doing it because I like talking uh, to you all, too. But um, I, w- I really look forward to getting back together with Scott and Will to talk about Georgia athletics. So I appreciate you taking the time, as always, read, rate, and review us. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, it was a fantastic football season. Off-season has been up and down. Uh, although I think, I think the way you should look at this Bobo thing is we're in a good shape here. Uh, we've won two national championships in a row. Uh, there's nothing about the season that scares me right now. Bill Conley came out with his SP plus for updated for uh, after recruiting. Georgia's still the number one there. Uh, I trust that guy. He's smart. Uh, so that about does it here. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me ramble for a few minutes. And uh, G Day's coming down the pike uh, in just a couple of uh, that's six or eight weeks. So we will see you around campus and go dogs.